You're listening to the Legal Talk Network. Hello, I'm Bob Ambrogi. And I'm Monica Bay. We've been writing about law and technology for more than 30 years. That's right. During that time, we've witnessed many changes and innovations. Technology is improving the practice of law, helping lawyers deliver their services faster and cheaper. Which benefits not only lawyers and their clients, but everyone. And moves us closer to the goal of access to justice for all. Tune in every month as we explore the new legal technology and the people behind the tech here on Law Technology Now. Hi, I'm Monica Bay, and welcome to Law Technology Now. Today, we're doing something we've never done at Law Technology Now. We're actually doing a double header. We have two back-to-back podcasts, both dealing with immigration. The first one features Judge Shira Shenlin, who is talking about how the new organization called the American Immigrant Representation Project, or AIRP, and that you can find at LegalTalkNetwork.com. Today's podcast features Ed Walters and Chad Burton, and they're going to talk to you about how the American Bar Association created immigrationjustice.us in one day. Let's start off, please, with Chad. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, thank you, Monica, for having me. My day job is I'm CEO of a company called Curo Legal, and we develop software and other innovation platforms for the legal industry, including bar associations, law firms, and legal aid groups. And I'm in this role, I guess, as far as the podcast we're talking about today is chairing the Futures Initiative for the Law Practice Division. Terrific. And Ed, your turn to tell the folks who I would die of shock if people don't know you either, but go ahead in case there are a few. Well, I'm the I'm the CEO of FastCase, and um, I teach the law of robots at Georgetown University Law Center. In the ABA, uh, Chad and I actually are both on the Law Practice Division's Future Initiative, Futures Initiative, rather, as well as on the ABA's Center for Innovation. And both of those groups were supposed to meet one after the other on a Friday and a Saturday during the ABA's mid-year meeting. And it's interesting that Chad and I are on both, both committees uh, because they both ended up playing a role in this, uh, this effort. So both of you, tell us how it happened. What did you do? And what is immigrationjustice.us? Which I understand from Bob, that was his contribution. He came up with the, with the URL. <laughs> so tell us the story. Chad, do you want to lead off? Sure. Yeah, I'll start off with our meeting. Yeah, you know, Ed captured it well that this is a, you know, the, the punchline for this at the end is a great example of how groups within bar associations can collaborate and, you know, by removing barriers, produce something very effective and very quickly. And the way this started out was we had the Law Practice Division Futures Initiative meeting down in Miami for ABA Midyear had our agenda worked out that we'd been, we were going to tackle a small topic of redefining the delivery of legal services during this meeting. So we had, it was kind of a, going to be boring, but then 
you know, at the beginning of the, the meeting, we're kind of going around the table and talking about what's new. And Reed Trout, who you know, immigration groups, he's with AILA, the American Immigration Lawyers Association. And he's a practice management advisor with that group. And he was you know, talking about the challenges that they've this is like a week in after the executive order and just an unprecedented professionally challenging week for Reed and his organization. And the topic turned to, you know, are there ways that we can help? And, you know, what Reed had indicated was they were hung up on creating a site to help harness the energy of lawyers who are both immigration lawyers and, and not immigration lawyers who want to help with this. And you know, it had just got caught up because they're doing 5 million things at once. And so much you know, is happening. And this is where, you know, Ed really jumped in. And as we we're talking through this, we ended up ditching that agenda and we're looking at a way to do two things that came out of this. One is propping up a site that Ayla could use to get started in harnessing this energy of lawyers, but also to look at it from a bigger picture perspective, to be able to put a process in place so that other groups, whether it's you know immigration issues or natural disasters, whatever, these, you know, a site needs to go up quickly and you need to mobilize lawyers quickly. Let's put that protocol in place and document what we learned from this process and that's what came out of it, and that's how we got started. Is that fair, Ed? I think that's exactly right. And, you know, a couple of things really jumped out to the whole committee. One thing was that the fact that Ayla and Reed got stuck at the website stage. They got stuck in the building of a website to coordinate the efforts of volunteer lawyers. It just seemed like something practical that we could solve right away. Building a website in you know 1998 was like a super hard thing building a website in 2017 really isn't a hard thing anymore so we we really thought that's a place where the committee could help right away do something that friday afternoon you know we had this conversation at two o'clock and we said i bet you we could have a website online tonight you know we can refine it tomorrow but really within a 36-hour period, we could have a website that helps coordinate the efforts, especially looking around that room. There was a lot of very bright people uh, with a lot of capacity at the table. So we thought that would be really useful. But the second thing, as Chad said, was we wanted to template the work, document what we did so that the next time something came up for the American Bar Association, I mean, who knows what it's going to be, pandemic flu, a hurricane, you know, some other crisis that people needed to respond to quickly, there would be a, you know, in case of emergency, break glass document that would say, here is how you can put up a simple website within a a really short amount of time. It took us, you know, frankly, it took us longer than it probably should have, close to 11 or 12 hours that day to get the good base site online. But our hope is that, you know, it took long because we were fumbling around with a few things. Once you document it, it should be a two or three hour thing. And so there were really two products of it. One was the website, immigrationjustice.us, that we were going to hand to AILA so they can use it to coordinate people's work. And then the second would be, a, you know, a kind of a rapid prototyping template. Here's how you create 
this very quick document in the future, signups and things like that, how you find the domain, how you sign up for a WordPress account, how you set up a simple WordPress site in a short amount of time. I, I should add too, I don't know that this would have been as easy if it weren't such a really talented group around the table. Well, that brings me to my next question. And I'm putting you on the spot here, and I recognize that we may forget someone possibly. But can you tell us a little bit about who was at that table? Yeah. um, Chad, tell me if I'm missing anybody. So, you know, we've already mentioned Reed Trouts, who is a practice management advisor for AILA. Dan Lear of AVO was there. Uh, Aaron Street from Lawyerist. And he was working very closely with Sam Glover of Lawyerist, who uh, behind the scenes did the first template for the WordPress site, who put that online. He also did a lot of the heavy lifting that night. Sarah Glassmeyer, who works for the ABA now and who works for the Center for Innovation, was in parallel also working on a site to help the ABA writ large respond. And Catherine Sanders' reach was also there, right? Yes, Catherine Sanders Reach uh, did the initial sign-up form for the AILA site. It really is a, a pretty amazing group of people. Chad, am I forgetting anybody? Yeah, we had Nicole Braddock from Cura. We Brooke Moore, who's a lawyer in Arkansas, was there. Sophia Lingos from Boston was there. Uh, Bob was on the phone. Eric Mazzoni was on the phone. I believe that was the. I'm trying to think, I think that was everyone that we had in the room. Oh, yeah, we don't want to forget Chaz Rampadol from LegalZoom who came in at the very last minute and didn't contribute at all. So we don't want to forget about it. <laughs> so, listen, listen, I feel like, you know, if we're going to give LegalZoom credit for changing the world, we want to make sure Chaz was there at the end. So we can't forget about that. And uh, Bob told me that uh, he was literally driving, actually it was in his post, literally driving from, I think it was Legal Tech New York, to his home in Boston. (laughs) Yeah, there were a few people who were double booked. So Chaz Rampenthal came from another meeting. I think Eddie Hartman came through and uh, Rich Granite came in kind of in the middle of the project too. I mean, you talk about like a collection of people who have skills to bring to bear. That's an amazing collection of people. Uh, And then you have the Center for Innovation Starting that night, uh, we had a couple of people from the Center for Innovation come through and say, okay, we're working on something in parallel. How can we make these things go together? You know, so right away, Margaret Hagen from uh, Stanford and Sarah Glassmeyer from the ABA started getting to work on combining the site that they were working on with the site that we were creating for AILA so that in a very short amount of time, we had a pretty dizzying array of expertise at the table working on this site. But I want to make sure that I emphasize there were a lot of very bright people who were working on this. The idea of templating it, of creating a Google Doc that shows the way for the future means that you don't have to have all of that kind of who's who of legal tech working on the site for the future. You can really just kind of follow the steps and really any non-technical lawyer could have a website online in a couple of hours. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Our, our goal here, Monica, is that you know creating a website shouldn't be really that much harder than creating a Word document with styles. You know that used to be a dizzying, difficult task in the past, but now really almost anyone can do it. And I think in the future websites will be exactly the same way. 
I think that's so amazing, and, and it really reflects back on how much we have, even with all the people saying that lawyers aren't adopting uh, technology, but that's such an absolute right thing to say that, you know, here we go, that difference between now and even five or ten years ago is breathtaking. I was very moved by one of the paragraphs that Bob said, which was, we've all seen the worst of committees, the inertia and the dysfunction. I was witnessing the best of what a committee could do. In no time, members were sketching out a wireframe for the site, brainstorming domain names, weighing options for platforms, and outlining content. By the next morning, the basic site was launched, awaiting official review and, as was hoped, approval by AILA. I mean, if you step back... It's just amazing that that could be done. And the fact that everybody was in the same place at the same time, uh, it's just breathtaking. What do you take away from this? What are the lessons learned on this? I think it, consistent with what Bob was saying is that the, you know, this is not just what should be the model of you know, how to prop up a website quickly. It's also how you know, organizations, especially in the bar world, can and should function. And, you know, having the right people at the table is important, but also recognizing that it was, you know, no one was doing this for their own, you know, credit or, you know, their own organization. This was really just to hand this over to Ayla, you know, and help them in a very, you know, short period of time, which, you know, oftentimes, as we know, in the bar world, you jump into conversations like this, and we could have probably spent in traditional bar models, you know, six months trying to identify the user and then gathering experts to come in and, you know, give us their information and their thoughts on it. It's like, well, no, we're just going to go. We're not asking anyone for permission here. And we, you know, Reed was comfortable with it. And the worst case scenario out of this would be that Ayla said, thanks, but no thanks. We're just going to you know, proceed in our own way. And, the worst case is we have a process that could be used again and by other groups. That's not a waste of time by any means. Chad, tell me a little bit about the ABA Center for Innovation, which was cited as a very important part of this process. Absolutely. So the center kicked off in September of 2016, and the Center for Innovation was one of the recommendations that came out of the ABA Commission on the Future of Legal Services report. That recommendation was adopted by the ABA Board of Governors, and we kicked off uh, this fall. And that's a, you know, Ed mentioned that we're both involved with that. That's another group where, you know, when we attend those meetings, I feel like a child sitting at the grown-ups table with the individuals who are involved with you know, general counsel from some of the largest companies in the world, law school dean, just just amazing, amazing group of people, and you know. Ed mentioned that the staff, so Sarah Glassmeyer, Jeff Burkhardt from the center were already working on tackling this problem. And so we have this really good staff as well who are running the show for this. And so the center now is really focused on helping to accelerate innovation within the profession, which sounds like a lot of words, but I mean, if you go to the you Google ABA Center for Innovation, it's got a new site that uh, Sarah primarily put together, and it's highlighting a lot of the projects that are going on. We've got a fellows program so that 
people that are coming right out of law school. We're going to have year-long fellowships where they can you know, work on you know, certain projects or other projects within the, the center. We also have mid-career fellows that are going to be a part of this where folks that want to take a six-month leave of absence from their current job or whatever they're doing to do the same, to work on innovative products and projects within the industry. So very new, but man, we are off and running very quickly. Uh, Ed, do you, anything else we should add to it? Yeah, if I, if I can. There's a, a woman named Beth Novak, who was the first deputy CTO of the White House. And when she left government, she went to NYU and NYU said, we would like to set up a think tank around your work. And she said, no, we're going to set up a do tank. We have enough think tanks. We need people who actually go do things. And I love the role of bar association committees, ABA committees, the Futures Commission, uh, the Center for Innovation, to really do things. There's plenty of time to think and reflect, but there's also times to act. And I think there's a, you know, there's a great opportunity here to show that it's not as hard as everyone thinks. So it's a, this is a great do-tank moment where you have a couple of committees who work together over a 36-hour period. Instead of you know, spending a couple of days figuring out who's going to be on the committee and then what the charter for the committee is going to be and you know, six months later starting to do the work, this was rapid prototyping. This was you know, an iterative thing. We put up just a bare minimum viable product website and then revised it over the course of the weekend uh, and then handed it off to somebody. I, I love that idea of committees as do tanks. That's fantastic. And one of the things that's really been amazing is that the legal community is jumping up in ways that, that in my career have never seen. And for the ABA to be willing to do something fast, as you've all said, is really, really a major, major change. One of the other folks that Bob talked about was in Seattle, where a group of the lawyers worked with the legal software company, and I'm going to probably butcher the thing on this. Is it Neota Logic? Yeah, Neota Logic. Yep. Thank you. They launched airportlawyer.org, a website and an app to collect information on travelers in need of legal help and to connect them with volunteer lawyers at a dozen major airports. And just the intensity of this throughout the legal community is really quite amazing. I think this may be something that's going to change the way that the ABA, which for years and years and years has always thought to be slow and careful. Of course, we all want to be careful, but the slow has been how the ABA has been for a long time. So personally, I find this really, really exciting. We are running out of time, but I want to give each of you a chance to sort of give final comments on this and you know what your reactions are to this entire situation. Chad, you want to go first? Sure. Yeah, this way we can end it in a much more articulate fashion with you, Ed. So that'll be good. <laughs> so the <laughs> the yeah, I mean, I think the Monica, what you're talking about as far as the mobilization and the the fast nature of it, it's also highlighting the important role that our profession is going to continue to play in delivery of services in a lot of different ways that may be emergency type scenarios that we just didn't see coming. That's, I mean, I guess we should have seen some of this coming, but to that extent and to see that kind of you know, fast response where you've got what, like a thousand lawyers standing around in the airport trying to help and 
what this does is it's highlighting the need for continuing to quickly evolve the way we deliver legal services. So those lawyers, you know, let's pick the next event, whatever that is, where we need to mobilize a lot of lawyers, the importance of being ready for that, not just having a website up, but it highlights the importance of strong, modern practices. So if a lawyer was standing, let's say of those thousand lawyers that were standing around to say, I'm ready to help. And if somebody looked at them and said, great, we need habeas petitions. Can you, you know, jump on your computer and you know, kick those out with your, your doc assembly program? And if they say, oh, I'm sorry, I left my Redwell back at the office, I can't really help right now, that's, that's not useful. And so as we look at these kind of situations, the more modern practices we have set up, I think that will be important for helping to further advance these kinds of needs. I'm kind of blown away by the uh, by the dream team that was around the two tables for the kind of the futures committee and then the Center for Innovation that worked on this project. If you look at Reed Trouts and Chad, sorry Chad, Aaron Street and Sam Glover from Lawyerist, Catherine Sanders Reach, Dan Lear from Avo, Nicole Braddock, Sophia Lingos, Brooke Moore, uh, Eric Mazzoni, Bob Ambrogi. Sarah Glassmeyer, Margaret Hagen. I mean, this is a, it's a really incredible group. And that's one of the real powers of the ABA is the convening power to get all those people in a room together. If you look at the people on the Center for Innovation, you know, the Martha Minow, the Dean of Harvard Law School, you have the general counsel of Cisco. You have all of these people who have an amazing array of talents being able to put them together should catalyze amazing actions. And I I love the convening power of the ABA for that. If we can combine that with this idea that you can lay out the steps to take effective action, if you have that kind of all-star group, you know, Eric Mazzoni and Bob Ambrogi and, you know, Chaz Rampenthal and Eddie Hartman and Rich Granite all working together on anything, and then just saying, here's the breadcrumb trail, here's the steps that we took, and here's how other people can take this kind of action in the future. I think that's really powerful. The convening power of the ABA and then the documentary power to show how to do this in the future, to show other people how to take effective action. I think there's something really beautiful about that. And I hope it's long lasting. If you combine this do tank mentality for committees, and then the idea that you can show others how to do it, documenting the experience and leaving a path for other people, I think that's a model for very powerful action in the future. I completely agree with you. And the other thing that I keep thinking about is this may be a turning point for the entire profession because they are the ones who are stepping up like immediately. And the dynamics between the president that and and journalists as well, because all of a sudden we're in a position where it's the lawyers that are standing up to help. And it's the lawyers who are going to, and the judges who are going to be saying, you can't do that. And I'm already sensing, and I, I know I'm not the only person who said this, it's not an original thing to say, but I think this is going to change the way that America and the world think about lawyers 
and think about judiciary. And boy, the beginning of, of America sounds like they did a really good job of having various different checks and balance. On this point, I want to give each of you a chance to please tell our listeners how they can reach you if they would like to reach out to you. Chad, why don't you start first? One way is Twitter. My Twitter handle is Chad E. Burton or Sade Burton, as some people prefer. Uh, <laughs> website for the company is curalegal.com, C-U-R-O legal.com, and you can find my information there. Ed, how about you? You can get me on Twitter at EJWalters or on the web at fastcase.com. Well, thank you both, and congratulations on an amazing, amazing accomplishment that you both did. Thanks again to Ed Walters and Chad Burton, and thanks to you for listening to Law Technology Now. We hope you'll be back at our next edition. like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.